0: Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to your Daily Game Face. It's Dr. Kim Lannon here with Lou Blasey coming from the Methuen studio while I'm in the White Mountains freezing my chickas off.
1: That's right. Well, it's cold down here, too, so.
0: Well, it, did it snow there?
1: I want to go. No, it hasn't yet.
0: Oh, well, it did all day here yesterday, but nothing like just, you oh. know, little flurries.
1: I, I can want to still go hear back.
0: My, By the way, I can still hear my music in the background. Did you know that?
1: Yes, I know. It just taking it out slowly. I just don't want to abruptly yank it from people.
0: Oh, listen, don't yell at me.
1: It's called production value.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. And it's it's the day before unzip your pants and lay on the couch day.
1: It's <laughs> okay, not the way I'd put it, but all right. Yeah.
0: If you've listened to the past two podcasts, you won't do that because you'll have all the excellent techniques to make your attitude of gratitude day a mindful eating day and a happy day where you don't want to overeat and kill your relatives.
1: Yeah, no, I got I got problems with myself. I got high blood oh, pressure. No,
0: no. Your web, our web connection all of a sudden just cut out. So everyone will have to be patient so that I have to say what to Lou 500 times. That's all right. What'd you say, Lou?
1: I said, I've got high blood pressure problems. So I gotta, I gotta watch what I eat. Be careful. So.
0: Yes. Uh, well, that's a good thing too, right? Yeah. So, so topic of today. Oh, wait, before we go into topic of today, Lou, how the snowy owl's on the pike.
1: I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> You've seen one.
0: The snowy owls.
1: Yeah, yeah, you've seen one. I haven't seen one yet. I don't know what's going on.
0: They're all over the place. They're all flocking in back to your spot. That means everyone's going to be inundating your home looking for them all over the beach. That's
1: so. okay. No, no problem.
0: I know you'll have to move. You want to move to where I am. I too. <laughs> I know we took a vacation this week a little mini vacation and, and I won't disclose where I am because then you know
1: yeah you know but I anyway stayed, I stayed there last week and I wanted to sign a lease
0: I know so yeah. he wanted to move in so now and now he sees that I have like a loft and he, <laughs> 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 he wants the loft yeah so well on we'll the breakfast place I want to
1: work at too I'll just semi-retire and go you know
0: we could do the podcast right from here all of them
1: yeah now we're talking yeah
0: So anyway, so we have to continue the three part series and then we're going to break it up and go into the next part of the series. But the three part series ending today, but starting into the Christmas holiday Hanukkah season is today we're talking about mindful Thanksgivings and gratitude on Thanksgiving and how to have traditions going into the holiday season so that you're happier and not unhappy. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, we have been talking about how sad a time it is for some people and how stressful time it is. And also what happens to people because they overindulge because of those things and, and stuff themselves in different ways to make themselves feel better. And in fact, it makes them feel worse.
1: Yep. These rituals are the things that can depress people during these times. And I guess that means it's time to set new rituals, rituals that won't drain you emotionally like that.
0: Right. So so putting you on the spot, Lou, what would be a good ritual that you could imagine wouldn't drain you? Me? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, well, there's three football games on <laughs> tomorrow.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's draining for you. Yeah.
1: No, it's not draining. I love football.
0: And it doesn't stress you out? Football, no. Oh, you're not a yeller at the TV.
1: No, not not a bad yeller. No, well, no, I talk to it. I don't, I'm not yeah, a yeller. No. as you know. I don't like to yell, so I, I talk.
0: And I you it. you keep it here contained <laughs> so that your blood pressure really gets higher. That's
1: right. That's right. It's,
0: exactly. Well, I, okay. So that I don't was a, know. I
1: have uh, there. Are, there are certain people in your circles now have certain favorite dishes. Maybe you go do a dish. I like to cook, so I might do a you know a little side dish or something like are that. Are
0: you now? Are you doing something in honor of us doing clean dishes?
1: Oh, it'll be relatively clean. Yeah.
0: Relatively. Yeah. Yeah. So I made mashed potatoes last night. They're not clean. No. Mm -mm. Nope. They have Borson cheese in them. They have cream cheese, sour cream, butter, and
1: milk. Did you hear Bill this week on EEI? I did. Oh, it was right. It's right. There's going to be t shirts. Starch me up. He what Did you hear that part of it? Starch me up?
0: Yes, I did. I did hear that. There's going to be
1: t shirts. I want to make them too.
0: I know. Will you get me one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so first off, right. And by the way, Tom said too, on Thanksgiving, that's the time he gives up his diet. So a lot of people treat this and we, I know we talked about it last week. A lot of people treat this as what the hell, all the rules are off. You I know. know. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I've had that conversation with several people, including one yesterday about how, just because it's Thanksgiving, you just go, oh, well, we can just eat whatever we want. And then what happens is it makes you feel like garbage. Yeah. And so it's not really a good strategy, as you know, that we should do, you know, you should treat it as a normal day and really focus on what the day is. It's not an eating food frenzy day. It's actually about, supposed, to, supposed to be about being thankful and having gratitude. And so really the mindful piece would be to start turning it in a different direction that you're really supposed to be aware of the day and the different aspects of it. And it's not really technically supposed to be about like free for all eating which in the United States considering it's our holiday mm-hmm. that's what it's turned into and so yep. but the problem is is it's, con- it's contributing to the the epidemic of eating disordered behavior both both on on the overeating and the undereating so if you have a poor relationship with food anyway which many people do. Most people do. Yep. Then you bring it to the table, literally. And then you've got all this stuff going on that makes it very difficult to emotionally function. So crash course in neurology today, the neuropsychology of that. Um,
1: and I was laughing about that discussion we had last week, because I don't know if you saw it. There was, and I don't, I don't get the globe, but I get uh, emails from the globe and the headlines. And there's a big article in the globe yesterday about whether you should have turkey or not at Thanksgiving, because yep. of the political implications of it. And it's like, oh, my God. It's, just, it's like, thanks hearing. This is why I should stay away from social media like you stay away from the political discussions at the table, right? Right, right. So Even the globe's hitting us up. You know, all of a sudden, we're bad for having turkey, apparently.
0: Well, yesterday was a big... So talking about turkey in that way, before I get into the neurology of it, the turkey aspect of you know what I said on the, t- the November 10th show is how turkey is a protein that's really good for you if you're eating it, but it's also got all the tryptophan and other things in it that can make you not feel great at all. So... Although it's good for you on one aspect, it also contributes to the other issues that don't make you feel good. And so if people are eating um, fish and I know you fish, salmon, see, I said salmon, I, um, or anything other than that, except for ham, you're better off doing that. But again, tradition is that you eat a turkey. So, Mm. um, and I, and of course there will be political implications this year because everything's politicized and that's not going to be good for mental health at the dining room table. So what should you talk about? Well, nothing. <laughs> Everyone should just do their eating and go home.
1: We can right? Talk about the Patriots. Everything's good. Have some right. fun. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Okay. So the so the neurology of people asking me this past week a couple of questions that came from last week's show of like how do you how do you stop yourself from overeating? And so I I had sort of given a little pregame list. So the neurology of it is that there's this little center of your brain. Right. Bear with me here. There's a center of your brain, you've heard me talk about it before, that has three emotional actual structures that make us feel good, not feel good. It regulates us eating, drinking, um, sleep, happiness, all the things that make us emotional, anger, agitation, and so on. And so the main structure that makes us want to eat or not is called the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is a little teeny thing in the back of your brain that's like right there in your emotional register. And what it does is it's like a light switch. It You're, you're normally able to, it comes on when you're hungry and it turns off when you're full. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is when people have a poor relationship with food, when they're overeaters, they train that to stay on. So their brain always thinks it's hungry. So it's always looking for self-soothing foods and why people say, you know, why do people go to comfort food? Because they want to keep that on because it feels good. And then when it starts to actually go off, a person will keep training it to stay on by eating, you know, more junk, you know, more bread, more pizza, more rolls, more cereal, whatever has that high carb content that doesn't break down because it keeps that structure on. Mm -hmm. So when it goes to turn off, a person starts feeling like oh, either the sugar crash or something physiological, but also the emotional draw. So, if a person's on the other end of that spectrum and they're anorexic or they're a restrictor and they're binger or purger, they keep the hypothalamus turned off all of the time. They train it to stay off by either restricting themselves or by binging purging, which keeps it from going, right? So it will make it stay off so that the person never feels like they're hungry because it actually keeps the switch off. And so to turn it back on, like if someone has to go to Um, treatment for recovery on either side, it's retraining that little teeny emotional center in the brain that's really caught up in the other two structures, which is your hippocampus and your amygdala. Your hippocampus is your memory maker. So if you have a death in the family, or you've had a, a trauma happen to you, or you've had something really emotional, the hippocampus is your memory maker. And if it's sad, and it in the moment while you're eating and overeating or restricting, they connect and talk to each other which will fire up the fight or flight, which is the amygdala, which makes you either run towards the food or run away from it or run towards relationship or run away from it. So when you have all three of them working together, which they do all the time, if you are an overeater, with lots of carb load and lots of self-soothers, you're keeping it on, which makes your emotional memory center sadder. And then it makes your amygdala run. Mm -hmm. So if you're the opposite, you're the opposite, right? So the balance of that in between is where you really want to go. So literally you don't want to keep feeding the fire on all three of those fronts because it makes you emotionally just not happy, which is why people struggle from Thanksgiving to new year's because people just feed, 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 feed. And they're normally probably like that anyway, or they're normally restrictors, but it makes you emotionally unstable. Um, so very important to realize that it's not just about food. It's about actually how it changes your brain and can contribute to a lot of distress in your body and your mind and how you are in terms of even relating with people.
1: Um, So there's my question. How do we, how do we game that as opposed to abuse it? Because either extreme is abusing it. How do we game it? So it works to our advantage.
0: So, so y- obviously if you're going to start pre-gaming and making it like a change today well it's not going to be an overnight change but the, ch- the change is to really make sure that you're mindful and aware that you start your day off with people skip skip meals all the time and it's in in you should you know be you know based on your weight and how much you're supposed to be eating and you know checking with your doctor you're supposed to be having x amount of food each meal with nothing really in between, unless you're losing weight or gaining weight for a variety of medical reasons. So when you start off your day, it should be some movement with you know, plenty of water and your first meal so that your body charges up. People often skip meals. And I'm, I was notorious, you know this, I told you this for years, I skipped all the way through to the afternoon, mostly because I didn't have time. And I had to go back and retrain my brain to force it because I was able to go almost the entire day without eating. And then you know what happens, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night comes, and then you eat like two or 3,000 calories, and then you go to bed on it. Right. So, yeah. And it's because you're starving by that point, but you've you've avoided the the hypothalamus telling you you're hungry because you've trained it to stay off. So starting the day off with an awesome, you know, some movement in the morning, even five, 10 minutes, you know, water, coffee, if you have coffee, and then something that's like healthy, um, you know, something plant based or Animal based protein to get the mind going so that your emotional regulator is going and that your body's going so that you're not then hungry two or three hours later. You're going to be able to make it to like lunchtime and have like your salad or your um, chicken or or vegetables. I mean, we really should be predominantly um, plant based, all you know, as much produce as you can have on all plates because it keeps it fueled. So if you start off today and you haven't done this before, I would just add water in as your staple in between everything. So adding in more water than nothing else so that you're not just sitting um, dehydrated, first of all, and that people do that, too. They'll have coffee, 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 no water. And then it goes to the emotional center of the brain that I just talked about, and it dysregulates you. It makes you agitated in the amygdala. So really, that would be a great first put into your plan ritual is just have water and a little movement in the morning. Now, if you're further along, like a lot of people that I know, cause I've been working with them. Well, long well, hang
1: time. on. Let me back up on something okay, else okay. that you said, because a few years ago I lost a significant amount of weight and was very mm-hmm. into my diet and, and, and things like that. And I turned into a grazer and I've kept that habit. I, I, I do like to graze. I don't load up on meals and I, you know, throw a couple hundred calories at myself every couple of hours, just, just to keep it going. So it doesn't sound like that's a good idea.
0: So great. So grazing is not grazing for some people depends on what you're grazing on and how much and how often, right? So again, not calorie counting, but calorie counting, right? Yeah. If your body is going to only be able, you're only, you know, two thousand calories is the upper limit for someone to just maintain, if you know, and that's that's pretty high, right? So if you're grazing all day and you hit eighteen hundred to two thousand as a man, your size, and I know your height, whatever, you're within the range. But if you're grazing all day, mindlessly eating versus mindfully eating, because you can be a grazer and mindfully eat, like when you pick up a handful of of almonds versus a handful of chocolate M&Ms, right? So it's dependent on what you're grazing on. Um, It's dependent on how much movement you're putting in your day to make yourself feel good. So it's all these little things that add up over time to see whether or not that that's happening. You know, it's
1: it's so hard for me. The hard part is at night because you have that meal at six or seven and there's five hours You know, for me, maybe more before I go to bed. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's a tough time because you're just trying not to. I'm just trying to find ways not to be hungry that whole time or or not to be snacking that whole time.
0: Right. So so the snack, the snacking, the snacking piece is really, really um, what gets people in trouble because they'll have a meal. Right. And then. And then they'll have snacks in between because they think that they're hungry. But remember, it's they're bored. So when someone's just eaten a meal and then they go, well, I'm still hungry. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, it's it's boredom or something else emotional is going on. So it's, it's when you have those little snacky things in between, but you've already eaten the full meal, your brain has said to you. Um, it's sending a signal that's really not accurate and you're not being mindful and being aware of what it is. You're just going with it, assuming that, Oh, it must mean that I'm hungry. So you have to check in with yourself to find out, am I really hungry? There's the halt, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Am I really hungry? Usually no, it's almost hundred percent of the time. No, it's usually that you're right. Angry. Now, angry isn't angry is agitated, frustrated, stressed about something, right? It's on that continuum that makes that amygdala go, right? Lonely, very much of the time people eat out of loneliness and um, boredom. And then tired is obviously just tired, fatigued. It could be all those things. And a lot of snacking happens under the ALT of that. So it's HALT. If you are AL you're not hungry, right? So don't eat. But people don't mindfully check in with that. And then it emotionally just regulates people, makes people feel really sad, down, angry, agitated. And then it makes people either restrict more or eat more.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, when you start restricting, it kind of, it, uh, that works against you.
0: Yes. Yeah. And people don't realize it. And yes, it, in the short term, it makes people lose weight usually, but it really messes up the body. And then the body gets out of control and can't stop losing weight.
1: Um, well, first like of all, messed- mental. mental First of all, mentally restricting yourself is not sustainable because you're just going to, you're going to give into it eventually. Uh, Secondly, it slows your metabolism down. Even when you're not hungry, does it do that? Because a lot of times when you're quote unquote dieting, you have to be careful of not putting your, um, uh, metabolism into camel mode and just, you know slowing the burn down and, and slowing down so because it doesn't know when the next meal is gonna be.
0: Well and that's and that's the struggle with like mental health and dieting, right? Dieting is is got such a misnomer. And this is why, you know, having a good nutritionist in your life or having a good dietitian or someone that you follow even if you do it online, um, you know, and you're not doing anything psychological necessarily is really making sure that the that the dieting you know, the dieting <laughs> dieting is dangerous, right? So if you're using a diet, oftentimes it that's why it's a, you know, all the, it's yo-yo dieting. Cause everyone tries 50 different ones. And what it's done is if you tried Atkins and Weight Watchers and, you know, keto and paleo and Mediterranean, and you're doing all of them and you, and you know, you do a week and then another week and your, your body is going, what is going on? So it changes your metabolism to really not know what to do instead of being consistent. So finding a consistent pattern um, instead of it being a diet, just making it a consistent lifestyle so that it's not just, yep. as I say, any day that ends in Y should not be a day that you just go, oh, it's a cheat day. There are no cheat days. It's it's everything you choose is mindfully chosen so that you know exactly why you're eating it, when you're eating it, and how it's going to make you feel.
1: But you can't be austere because denial doesn't last. You right. know, just ultimate denial doesn't last long-term. And, and this is kind of like where we talk about addiction. It's a dual diagnosis, right? If you have problems with food, Right. Unless you deal with the the baseline issue of it, you're not going to be successful in the long run.
0: Right. And so, and that's, and that's where a lot of addiction work has gone towards in the, you know, the last decade and a half around like recovery centers for like eating disorders is because it is addiction. It's the same place in the brain. It has the same kind of activation quality to it. And it really, it really gets people into that cycle of, you know, denial. Um, And there's the externalizing of it's not it's not me. It's this external thing. It's, you know, the stress. It's somebody else. It's genetics. It's, it's whatever it is. Pandemic is the big one right now. Oh, it's the yep. pandemic. No, the pandemic didn't make you eat. <laughs> you chose to eat. Right. So, so it's, it's that, it's that mindset that people get into, which is going back to the top of the show, talking about how do you be or activate mindfulness, you know, and being real with yourself and being upfront to say, okay, this is, I need to make sure that I keep my metabolism in check. Um, I make sure that you know I want to do this and eat these things, and make sure that my body's fueled for for movement, not for just eating to eat or restricting to restrict. Um, going back to that, you know, restrictors and binge purgers think that they're going to lose weight, like you know, and right binge purging actually can make you gain weight and, yeah. and people, i see young girls in this all the time is that they will do the binge purge and they will initially lose weight but people don't understand that when you eat a big binge meal say 2000 calories at a meal which is a lot of times what my bingers do right yeah. they'll binge 2000 calories then they'll purge it all back up they think that they have purged it up so there's no calories but in fact the body needs something. So it will retain some of that and over time accumulate it. And that's why you see people that are in that pattern gain weight and then you get, then they start becoming restrictors. So, because then they realize that the binge purging really isn't working. So they'll stay binge purging, but they won't eat as much and then they'll become restrictors. So now you see, that's when you, if you've ever been to an eating disorder clinic, which you probably haven't, um, but I have, and you see people that have dropped to the point where, you know, they're 85 to 90 pounds and they emotionally can, you know a lot of psychological work happens on these on these units because it's addiction recovery from the brain having this um dopamine rush essentially for lack of a better way of explaining it of, of happiness that they feel so thin and feel so good but in fact the body's Closing down on them. Just like on the opposite side, if you're overeating, 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 and you're becoming heavier and obese, then the body's shutting down again because you may feel good because you feel happy and satisfied in those moments. It's the same thing on either end of the spectrum. And the metabolism, when people's metabolism changes, it makes the emotional center go crazy. And it makes people, I mean, you don't see people on either end of those spectrums that have poor relationships with food um, have good mental health per se like they'll tell many people tell you that they're really happy or they're satisfied but in fact they're really struggling with what we just what you just said which was the underlying symptom issue eating drinking drugging gambling sex shopping whatever it is are the symptom of the problem and the problem is the emotional thing that's driving them to do it in the first place right so whatever's lacking whatever's feeling you know that is what's at the root of it, and many people, like you just said, don't want to deal with that. So it's very hard. And at a time like a holiday, um, or this string of holidays, this is why it's so heavy loaded in like suicidal ideation in people, and people who already compromised mental health wise really end up struggling during this time for a lot of this mindlessness and not being really activated in mindfulness because then they have to actually look at some of that stuff. And it's really hard for people, which I get, which is, I do this for a living. So it's just, and it's, that's why I'm like focused on like, let's make it gratitude and what are you thankful for and not really focus on You know, you know, I mean, it's great. Focus on the football game. Focus on going out for a walk with, you know, playing a game, um, doing puzzles together. It's it's something that's active with your mind that you're engaging. And it's not just about sitting around, um, you know, we talked about this, I think, last week, the culture of eating, you know, everybody gets together just to culturally eat. And then, you know, you have relationship flare ups, you have political flare ups, which is clearly going to be this year, right? Everyone's back together for the most part. And then it makes it really hard, (laughs) hard for people. Um,
1: All right. uh, Full blown disorders aside, or you're sitting there just practical uh, application here. Uh, I'm sitting here tonight at nine o'clock and I've had dinner or it's nine thirty and I just feel like I want something to eat. How do I deal with that? So
0: so a couple of things. I'm I'm always of the mind to say, check in with yourself. Are you angry, lonely, tired? A.L.T really ask yourself, are you those things? If you are any of those things on that continuum, you say halt, make a cup of tea, have a glass of water, put some lemon lime in it. Um, if you really then feel like I'm really hungry, it's about just activating a good choice. Have have an apple. Apples are good. Apple with a little teeny bit of peanut butter. Um, you know, have, you know, something that's going to be easily water breaking down, right? It's not going to sit on your body all night, like having like, you know, nachos. Yeah. Probably not <laughs> your, you know right. Like yeah. last night when I was making mashed potatoes at 1030, 11 o'clock, and then I had a scoop of them because I wanted to taste them. Probably not a good idea to go to bed on, you know,
1: Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't yeah.
0: be my normal standard, but nonetheless, right? Um, people ask me about popcorn at night. Um, popcorn's fine, as long as it's not like the entire bag or it's coated in cheese and butter that's you know just because it's popcorn doesn't mean then you should coat it in like chili and cheese right (laughs) so so just like some of those basic things um but start first with like are you angry lonely tired alt go with the halt first and then figure it out because then you're not just going opening up the if you're going and looking in the refrigerator and you don't know exactly what you're getting out of it yeah you probably shouldn't be opening the refrigerator. (laughs) Is <laughs> you're mindful, you're mindlessly looking for something, which means you're not in an H. You're in ALT.
1: Well, I've done this so much, I've I've, I've got my go tos, so I know exactly what I'm looking for because you know
0: because <laughs> you place them, you have them ready.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's some watermelon, or it's a you know a little not a trail mix, but you know, some nuts, cashews and almonds, that type of thing.
0: But see, those are healthy choices, right? You've, you, you've been doing a lifestyle change for a while and, and following that pattern. So you're prepared. So you know what to front load your refrigerator with, or you're, you know, when you're looking, you're not looking for the stuff that, you know, people just kind of graze for, you actually have watermelon or you have, you know, fruit is great. You know, I can't,
1: I can't have things in the house though, because I will give in, a, I will give in to temptation. So I know what to, not to have in my house.
0: Right. Well, because, because you become mindfully aware of what you yeah. can and can't choose for yourself in a healthy way. So you've decided it's not that you can't have it. Yeah. It's just, you know, that if it's in the house, you will make the decision because you know why you make that decision. Those little structures, I just told you guys about that, that forces you to go towards those decisions because you're emotional.
1: I don't eat Oreos, for example, not because I don't love them, because I do, but they're not in the house. And then when I'm in the grocery store and I'm in the checkout line is the five sleeve, I'm just going I'm not gonna buy those. And I just give myself hurdles so mm-hmm. that I, I don't go I don't go for it. Make it a little harder. When it's easy, when it's right in front of you, when it's in the cabinet, it's just too easy.
0: Right. Right. Well, and that's, and so not only is it too easy and I think, I think we, we don't realize, I mean, I know we have because we talk about it, but I think people don't realize that how many food products that are emotionally driven towards you because they have chemicals in them that make your body want them more. So yeah. they actively put, I won't knock any particular company or brand, but there's some active things that we've mentioned in the shows in times gone by, including today, recent, <laughs> that are loaded with certain chemicals that actually activate the brain to want make you want more, which will make you eat more, which will make you then buy them again, which is why the great slogan for the chip company is you Mm -hmm. just can't eat, Bet you just can't eat one. That's because they're They're great. They're loaded with a chemical that pulls for the brain structure to do that.
1: Yeah. They slipping you a little bit of truth there because they're designed. So you can't have just one.
0: Right. And so, and they have that. So yes, it's a whole nother show about like what products have these things that actually are psychologically manufactured to get us to eat them and to keep going at them so that, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. Everything's a market, you know, from from the eating of it to the placement of it in the store, to the quick little kiosk at the end, right? When you, the impulse buy, like it's all geared towards your psychology of pulling for your emotional center, bright colored things, Things that really taste good. You've had them before, they reinforce them, being in front of the store, being low to the ground for kids, being up higher and pretty and lots of lights. I mean, it's all connected to your emotional center of your brain that makes you regulate to buy, not buy, eat, not eat, and and you're off to the races. Yep. So I think tomorrow everyone should just have water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we talked about it last week, and I'm yeah. guessing this is a this is a good thing to to recap going into tomorrow's meal is pre-gaming because i I think pre-gaming can limit your urges can can help limit your urges and make the day easier for you
0: well so yeah so i know a lot of people um in my in my group do their 5ks up up where we are is the feaster five are you doing the feaster five tomorrow blue are you getting up in the morning to do your 5k
1: i'm not doing the 5k tomorrow no what'd you say i'm no i'm not no i'm not doing the 5k tomorrow no slacker i'm not a runner you're a runner i'm not a runner
0: i know but you can walk yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: but then i get, you know. so
0: why you don't have can walk
1: but i walk I on the know. beach
0: you can go walk and look for the owl on your beach
1: <laughs> there you go right
0: right? Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so the pre-game, pre-game strategy would be that you, I started off with making sure you have movement, right? I wrote this in an article the other day for the human baton actually, um, that you start off your day with movement, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just so you've got activated before you eat anything else. You get up, you do your ritual of getting up, moving, and then starting off with water and making sure your water is throughout the day, right? Pre-gaming is that, what is, because people ask people, big show last week, right? People asking, what is pre-gaming? It's not eating like a ton of food and drinking and then going and eating. It's about eating right in the morning and eating right. Normal foods that you would normally eat, Mm -hmm. not loading up your deck so that by the time you get to dinner at five or four, whatever it is, you're not then eating um, mass amounts and then stopping and then doing it all over again because the body can't process it. So pre-gaming is movement, water, normal, small, normal meals, breakfast. And then if your lunch is your turkey dinner or whatever you're having, then it's not a loaded up double size plate. It's normal. So the the likelihood is, here's the mindset. You're coming back for more anyway. You know, you're going to have it later. So hence, smaller plates, smaller, because you're going to have another portion of it within some people do it right away, but then some people do it five hours later with a sandwich, that's fine. But do it within the contingency that you're going to be portion controlling, because you won't be overtaxing your brain and your body to feel crappy. Um, and then you'll be more likely to go to it because you get the remember, we call it the, you know, the efforts, because we don't <laughs> eff eh, it, I'll just eat it anyway, yeah. right? So yeah. it, it, and you don't, you, you just give into it, and then you don't feel good. And the problem is, is, it goes all the way through the weekend because you'll start now. And by the time you haven't pre-gamed and you're in that Fridays, now you're eating it again. You're gonna eat it double on Friday, Saturday's gonna be it. And then by Sunday, you're gonna be like, oh my God. And then people get into into the next mode of, well, Sunday starts Hanukkah for some people. Now we're into Hanukkah. And then we're also into now holiday parties and everyone's gone back together. So there's holiday parties, there's cookies, there's pies, there's all the stuff that push the brain to do that. And now you're in the mode of the next month And that's why people are flocking to the gym on January 1st because they want to start all over again because they just lost it all at the end of the year and they gained 15, 20 pounds.
1: I forgot about that. You can't go in a gym in early January. You can't. It's just nuts because of all the resolutions and everything.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, Uh, And and that's why the whole first month of January, the gym is packed and then it drops off February 1st.
1: We haven't talked about it and I want to know if it's true, because if it's true, I would imagine to be a major problem on Thanksgiving is that you, even if you are, have a healthy response to knowing when you're full and things like that, that there's a delayed reaction to when you're full, you know, the old myth is 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes before you know you're full. You can eat a lot of calories in 20 minutes at the Thanksgiving day table.
0: Exactly. So a good question too, because people actually can eat faster than 20 minutes. Right, and that's part of mindful eating. If you can spread out your meal that you are eating when you first sit down, and you and you take and savor it over twenty to twenty five minutes of just eating that one plate, that means talk time, savoring the smell, being able to actually eat, you know, one spoonful at a time, not shoving it in your mouth and like just swallow, you know, eat to taste, not taste and not just eat to just swallow. Um, but after 20 minutes, your body is not, your body is basically probably done. But if you're eating it in seven or eight minutes, your body, and you go back for seconds and thirds, now you've stuffed literally three meals into a 20 minute period, usually which people can do, um, maybe give or take a few minutes, but the body hasn't had time to register it. So the body, by the time it does register it, you're the, like I started the show, you're unzip your pants day and lay on the couch. <laughs> Right. Because you you know, you need your, you know, your stretchy pants or whatever you're gonna wear because your body has not registered that it's time to shut off. So after the 20 minutes it does. Now you've eaten, you know, those five thousand calories that we talked about. Yeah. And then and then an hour later you're hungry, but you're really not. It's your your brain that structuring your brain saying, I'm messed up and I don't know what's going on. So what you do is as a as a mentally um astute person you say i must be hungry i'm going to eat more but that's not really what you should do because the body is trying to reset itself because it just overshot on the on the timing so after 20 minutes is not time to um reload so if you're eating three plates of food or two plates of food in the maximum in the 20 minute period it's too much on the body
1: and this is one of the places the pitfalls that people uh, run into with this because what they'll do oftentimes especially if they're aware of calories or they're dieting to some degree to right. say, i won't i won't eat in the morning so i can have those calories for the thanksgiving meal that just works against you in the long run you, you're going to well, do more damage
0: that's why i said like start your day with like a small little meal like fruit um yogurt or protein of some sort making sure you have water your coffee make sure you move and you know if you're because by the time people um calorie stack right? I call it calorie stacking. They're, they're stacking the calories to bank them for later. Um, and then that doesn't work. Banking calories does not work. So if you're waiting and like, okay, I won't eat all day and I'm going to eat everything I want because it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is, what it ends up doing is making you eat more. Yep. You're doubling, sometimes tripling the calories that you would normally eat. And then it sets you up for two days, usually of the same pattern because your brain goes into that pattern. And of course, because we have leftovers. Your body shouldn't really go into a mode where if you have potatoes today, you should not have potatoes tomorrow. If you have, you know, you should have different things because your metabolism is still breaking it down. But people don't do that. They eat the same thing. And so the body goes into that stack mode of extra calories and it never gets a chance to stop and breathe. So, so the worst thing you could do is wait all day to eat because yep. it's going to load you up. Sure. and it's
1: going to it's going to stall your metabolism right because your body's yeah. just going to go into uh, you know storage mode right. i don't know when my next meal is coming so i'm not going to burn what i have here for energy and right. if you're dealing with weight loss or if you want to process better you want to keep your metabolism up
0: right Right. And so it goes into it. Well, it doesn't convert. It doesn't convert to what it's supposed to convert. It converts to um, sugar and fat. And then it sits on you because on and and I know we talked in the extremes of the two ways of people going towards food. But really, most people are in those edges when they're having these these holidays. And in those edges, you're you're getting stuck um, with the metabolism not moving at all because you've overdone it or underdone it. Most people overdo it. Um, and the metabolism or your body goes into um, fight and flight that it, it thinks it's starving or it thinks it's going to die. Um, so it will, it by nature, will stop itself from doing what it needs to because it doesn't know when the next meal is coming from or it's already so stuffed that it's overtaxed. What a mess! I know, right? Right, right. But but I, you know, I have you know the last two shows had such good good um, response from people saying, oh, I didn't realize what I was doing to myself, um, and how emotionally, you know, my my focus is always on how does it emotionally make you feel, like how are you going to feel tomorrow, or how are you going to feel later if you do that, and do you really want to do that? Um, it's such a terrible feeling to have that um the after effect you know it's kind of like the food coma hangover yeah. and people think it's kind of funny and make jokes about it but unfortunately it sets you up for a lot of stuff that reinforces your emotional baggage so to speak um if you're already sad it just makes you sadder if you're already s- depressed or grieving or anxious um all those things make all those problems worse, even if you're not clinically diagnosed with something and you're just kind of bluesy during the holidays or you have like a really bad um, feeling of anxiety from time to time, all that, this process I'm talking about impacts that and makes it worse.
1: Um, So- Can you go back and expand a little bit on, because I talked about uh, when you starve the body, it slows down its metabolism, doesn't doesn't burn as much. And I was a calorie-based, you know, I lost weight based on calorie deficits. So I knew Mm -hmm. about that. You say it converts food differently when it gets into that mode too?
0: Well, so when you when you load up on, say, you load up on a ton of carbs and you're not used to having all the carbs. I mean, maybe you're a carb person like many people are, right? And if you have all these carbs tomorrow, for instance, yeah. the body will not convert all the food the right way. It will start converting it to what it needs, but also then converting what it can't use over to like sugar and fat, right? So everything's going to convert over to some measure of that. But you don't want it to store and then hold. So when you're overstacking your calories, for, if we use calories, and you're having too many calories on the carb-loaded side without your, you know, protein and produce to, to balance it to burn it, the body will sit with it and it won't convert correctly to disperse the right nutrients to the brain to, you know, the happy feeling or this, you know, the good feelings. It will go towards the. Blah. The, the sad struggle feelings because it's not metabolizing correctly in the liver and the kidney and the pancreas so it's either overproducing you know cortisol you, you know anxiety right it's overproducing stuff in the pancreas the insulin your glycemic index runs up and down you know you know if you're hypoglycemic or you're hyperglycemic or you're not and then you put your body into those temporary modes from these overeating periods your emotional center just falls apart along with your body which is why you feel so terrible for multiple days after these holidays.
1: Uh talk a little bit about supplements and can they play a role in this obviously it's too late for tomorrow you have to, you have to be <laughs> too late
0: too yeah. late for that. But generally um,
1: speaking in terms of your eating struggles are there supplements that can help you combat these
0: so there's, so there's no, there's no diet pills, right? right. So um, there's certainly things, oh the sun's coming in. Do you see that? I'm losing yep. my, whew, I'm going to push back. um The, there's no supplements per se that will actually make you lose weight. There are things that help your metabolism in general that are just kind of natural things, obviously, you know, vitamin C, B12, um, the, uh, if you use, uh, inositol and choline, depending, you have to check with your doctor for that, right? Those are, those are just metabolizers that are natural and normal to your body. If you find a good naturalist in your area, they'll be able to teach you about those things that are not gimmicky and not like, oh, this is going to make you lose weight, or this is going to make you major. Yeah. This is just like how to keep your body functioning healthy. Um, but in, in the fact that you haven't, if you're a person that has not done these and they, many people don't your best bet is to, you know, do some water with lemon. Um, you know, do, do basic natural things. Vitamin C is fine. Make sure you don't go over the 2000 for the, for the day because it's water soluble and you'll just end up peeing it out anyway. Um, but nothing that's going to make you just all of a sudden burn calories or anything like that. Right. Hey, it's a multi-billion dollar industry making big bank on getting people to believe that that's going to happen. Um, you know, and there's certainly products out there that make your metabol your metabolism speed up. But, um, again, it's kind of like disordered eating. What does it do? It messes up your system so that it doesn't do it right. It turns the hypothalamus into a, a you know,
1: a cluster. Yes. See, that's the part of the game. I never really get a grip on when I, when I did it through calorie deficit and just basically, I mean, you, you pay attention to other stuff, like what you're eating in terms of carbs and things like that, but basically mm-hmm. it's a calorie equation you can only go so far in terms of limiting your calories or burning calories so you have you try to start figuring out your metabolism and keeping that up and that's a tricky it's just a tricky game it's hard to do it's hard to spike your metabolism
0: yeah well so i mean yeah i mean it's the i'm I'm laughing because i can't get out of the sun are you watching this
1: yes but you look okay yeah
0: okay because i I, yeah it's coming in on my face now um so so now, Lou, I'm, I'm focused on the sun. Just repeat what you just said, the carb. I know you said no, that, does, that
1: was part of the game of weight loss or weight control that I always struggled with because you can count calories and you can only limit to a certain extent. You can burn calories. You can only burn to a certain extent unless you're a freak like you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank but you. Um, I have to work hard at that. You know that.
1: So yeah, so once you get to those points where you've kind of maxed that out, you have to start gaming your metabolism. That's a complicated process. It's not easy to do, and it's something I never really get a great grip on.
0: Well, so yes, so all of that is so important because I think that speaks to many people who have eating poor eating food relationship issues, right? So um, it's hard to get the grasp on it because you' by the time you by the time you figure out you need to get the grasp on it, it's gone so long in the pattern of habit that your brain is, it's very wed to the process. So backing it down and, and retraining the brain neurologically is what has to happen by habit changes and forming different things. And so that starts with, you know, what you've done, you know, yes, you've counted calories, but you also knew the science behind, you have to be in deficit. You have to have more movement and more calories burned than more calories in, you know, if you want to lose weight, it's got to be by 500 a day for yeah. the deficit and if you want to maintain you have to be right on point with exactly and if you and if you know you- how
1: this works you do that and it does very well at the beginning and you start losing at a very good yes. pace and you get encouraged and and then the pace slows down a little bit because the body gets closer to where it should be based on the formula that you're giving it and then you get to that last five pounds that last seven pounds and that's really hard partially because as you mentioned you've built habits up you've built routines with the body from right. what you've been doing for the last year or the last you know few months to get that weight down and right. and the body you're not going to get that next level unless you change up on it
0: so that's so that's what happens if you're in that mode where you've actually gotten to a point where you are and, you're try, and your goal is to lose weight for instance then you're you're body will shift into a plateau state. That means that something in your movement pattern has to change and change up and also your eating patterns. That doesn't mean that you should give up. It just means all you have to do is tweak it. So like I've had a client recently that I was helping get ready for the marathon and they were doing some of this in their training and, and they wanted to lose a couple more pounds because it helps you run faster. Right? So they were, they lost a whole bunch of weight. Then they got to this point where they plateaued. And what we did was we switched out Instead of calorie per se counts, we just switched out the water-based foods that were that they were eating and changed them out for something that would be as easy, but the body wasn't used to having. Mm-hmm. And so they were the same kind of thing, but they were they were a new, um, I'm thinking of the right word. They were a new introduction to them for their body to go, oh, this is something. Interesting. This is something different along with a change in how they were working out and running. We did some cross training. Um, Now for people that don't do any of this, you know, don't run away and go, Oh my God, I don't do any of that. So it's, it literally is just for people that are kind of your everyday run of the mill, no real exercise. Maybe they walk a couple miles a day and don't really do anything else. All you have to do at that point is just shift some of your food items over. Keep very plant-based, nice and clean, lots of water content in the food. Don't sit down and have a steak every night, you know, (laughs) or if that's what you're used to, you've got to change it up with something. It's just minor little tweaks to get the plateau to move and more water. People don't drink enough water. So usually this is why a good nutritionist, I think everybody should have a good nutritionist because... You know, I can tell you all of this in terms of how it impacts your mental health and all those things. But you really, if you're really serious about making life changes like that, you should really talk to someone who knows or a naturopath who can help you guide you to those changes because it's so important and it helps you function better. People don't realize how much cognitive, like your academic performance or your business performance or your day to day just being able to talk to people um, relationally changes when you have a good moving body and a good source body. Um, you know, people don't realize that food really changes you and dehydration changes you as a person. Um, and then your metabolism and then all the physiological things and how important that is.
1: All right, I want to go back to the habit thing in a second, but we got to the water portion of it. What about some of these waters that you are being marketed, high alkaline water or electrolytes, things like that? How important are they? You know, how, what's legitimate, what isn't? So
0: a lot of them are really gimmicky. And a lot of them do have chemicals, so you have to be really careful, right? So, um, you know, the big the big thing about um, looking at the waters that are zero calorie, and I have no shame in saying that I drink those on occasion, and certainly have those um, artificial sweeten- sweeteners. It's one of my downfalls. I'm a diet coke drinker and a, and an unsweetened iced tea person with some of that stuff in it. And I, but I mindfully know that I'm drinking it, knowing that I'd rather do that than have you know something else. So um they're they're gimmicky, some of them are gimmicky, some of them are really good for you in terms of just get. if you're not a water drinker and you hate water, it's better to drink the water with those things in it than not at all cuz yeah. I know people that drink no water. I I I can't tell you how many people I know that drink almost zero to no water a week and they think they're drinking coffee and then soda and then whatever else. It's you know so those water replacements are actually better than nothing um but if, but there are good ones out there that don't have all the added stuff so just checking you know on the back that says no added sugars no aspartame no saccharin um and they're getting very good by the way of marketing different labels with different words now. So you, if you don't know the word and you look it up, that probably means you shouldn't right. be drinking it. And if you do know it, like occasionally, I know some of the words that I'm like, yeah, I already know what that is. I'm going to still drink it because I like it and I don't want to drink regular water. So it just depends. I won't, I mean, there's certain brands out there that are really, really good. I don't, I don't want to plug them just because I'm not getting paid. Yeah. So But there are certain ones out there that are um, really good. And then there are certain ones that, you know, anything that has a high sugar content in it is not going to be good, especially if it's not natural sugar. So if you're drinking like Gatorade, we'll just, it's standard Gatorade. If it's, if the Gatorade one that you get has the regular natural sugar um, that says like sugar cane, right? Great. If it says corn syrup, uh -uh. if it says anything that like sugar alcohol, those are all sugars that are added and your body doesn't convert them well, it, it incorrectly converts them, but they're loaded with other things that after you've done like, you know, a long run or something, those are those kinds of drinks that help people that are actually doing exercise. If you're a non-exerciser and you're drinking those things, they're weight gainers and they just sit on you.
1: What about alkaline, alkaline level of water? Is that something worthwhile paying attention to?
0: Um, I think, I think for some people, I think some people get a benefit out of it. And, you know, not everybody, it just depends. I mean, if you're going to do that again, go back to your, you know, your baseline, get a, get a good, you know, there's natural that will do the readout for you to find out what your alkaline levels are so that you actually can balance it correctly. Cause you have to be careful because some people will do that and then you can get too much um and or you can throw some of your balance off and then it creates other issues. So always start off with a, if you know a naturopath in your area like near us there's a couple of people that I send people to to find out and I get their labs back and then we find out like what's really good for them because a lot of times people just randomly start drinking things with iron fortification or or you know they'll get something with potassium in it. You have to be really careful of those. Those two in particular because they can mess with your body and make you really sick actually. Um so, you know, just, again, um, being very generic about this, because you really should check with a really good naturopath or someone that you can go to that get, gets your labs so that you can know if you want to really work on your body chemistry like that, that would be a good way to do it. Um, there's certainly good products out there for it. I mean, you, could, you walk down the aisle and you just pick something up, but you just have to be careful because if you have certain things, you have certain medical conditions, you have to be careful.
1: All right, let's go back to habits a little bit because uh, you've raised the red flag for me in the last couple of shows talking about- uh, no. You just if, wait,
0: we'll go back because I you I lost you for a hot second.
1: Yeah, um, you've raised the red flag for me in the last couple of episodes talking about doing foods repeatedly. And I'm that guy. If I find something that seems good for me that I can eat and I can eat, you know, kind of guilt-free or without repercussions, I'll go in at, you know, like a turkey sandwich. I'll eat right. a turkey sandwich like every day because it's it seems good and it's you know i'm conscious of the bread and i've got i've got the bread that's you know relatively healthy for me and turkey sandwich it fills me up and you know but i'll go that day after day after day that's a problem isn't it i got to change it up a little bit more well,
0: i mean problem so i so here's the thing about that is that it's the, the strategy is a good strategy for many people in terms of staying the same because you know what it does for you kind of thing, but it also gets you stuck. It can get you stuck in those little plateaus and ruts. So my suggestion, and I always do it based obviously on my mental health side, is your body won't convert bread two days in a row the same way as if it has a break. So that means today have the tur- or tomorrow have your turkey sandwich, and then the next day still have turkey because you need the plant protein. I mean, you need the animal protein or whatever the protein is. That's not a problem. But then change it up and put it on like Ezekiel bread. Change the change the product of the carb base that you're having. You know, as you know, white bread is a no no. That should right. not be in your right. That's your body doesn't break it down. It's full of chemicals. It's it's usually really processed wheat. It's totally unhealthy. But go to Ezekiel bread, go to a wrap that's like flax seed or chia seed or something that's based in a plant base. It's easier for the body to break down and then change it up. So it's not a matter of not having the turkey sandwich. It's a matter of what are you using around the turkey, right? So it helps you because the turkey's not the issue per se. It's yeah. the bread. It's the, it's the carb process around it. And the carbs are good for you as long as you're using good carbs. If you your body doesn't like to have, like if you're a pasta eater, you know, you, your body does not do pasta breakdown. You know, If you have it for lunch, you have it for dinner, then you have it tomorrow. And you know how some kids are, you know, kids will take, you know, they're on like macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets. And the, the kid's body never has an opportunity for it to change up or get a, a palate for something else because it's always in that mode. It's always in push for something, comfort, push for something, comfort instead of, okay, just change it up so it has an opportunity to burn. So I would do like a lettuce wrap around your turkey sandwich if you if you do, or convert to, you know, have one day of your normal bread that you like, and then go to like a wrap the next day, Ezekiel bread. So you're staying consistent, but you're letting your body have a move, like a movement through.
1: Yeah, I was doing wraps like flaxseed wraps like very consistently for years, and yep. then- just found a a good bread. And with the blood pressure problems, they were talking about getting grain in there and things like that. So started reaching for that a little bit and I really like it and Mm -hmm. it's thin slice and it's okay. But I'm just, like I said, I get into a habit and I do it day after day after day. My routines, you know, stay pretty much the same.
0: Well, so some of the companies have been really savvy because they know there's a good marketing deal and making good money on people who are trying to be healthier. So they're going to plant base like that. And also the grain base. And, and I, and I've talked about this before is, not going to a grain base that's whole wheat because that's it. Yeah. That is a no no, right? We know why because whole wheat is the same thing as white wheat. It's just got you know molasses and other things in it that make it. It's all sugar, so it's about whole grain and plant based So really, reading your labels and making sure that that's what you're you're eating, that's and that's fine as bread because then it breaks it down faster and easier and converts correctly for your body as opposed to wonder wonder bread right white bread in general anything that has that white wheat in it that it's going to be um cracked wheat and, and it's going to be processed and it's going to your body's not going to register so remember always think eat from the ground eat from the ground eat from the ground
1: yeah it, it's funny looking back you know we look back at our childhood and our eating habits it just were are just brutally bad and it's mm-hmm. like you can't you can't blame your parents people didn't know yeah, or right well it's paying attention to it but you know, your food upbringing was not very good, especially in my case, Irish and Italian. <laughs> so, well, so
0: our generation definitely yeah. had that for sure. I think that now, I think in the you know the past two generations, in the past 20 years, I think that the, it's changed. But coming yeah. up to us, for sure, it was not. It was kind of a free for all.
1: Lots of pasta, lots of potato. Yeah, well, you know, it, was,
0: it was easy. It was cheap. Still is easy and cheap. You know, God love ramen noodles, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, College staple then when i was young at least that's when packaged foods started to come in and microwaves started to come in and you started getting all that processed food and it was like it was just brutal
0: right and keeping it, it around, <laughs> well, yeah and and keeping it around the the mental health of and wellness of a person making those healthy choices now is that once it once packaged foods came in right and you know this and you just said they made you feel good, and they go back to them. I mean, there's nothing you know, there's nothing better than a, a can of Spaghettios or Kraft macaroni and cheese, which I also love. Which love me? <laughs> I love them even though they're disgusting. I I love them, but they don't love me. So it's it's not about it's not about being like you know food snobby. It's about knowing what you're eating and making a mindful choice, no matter if it's Thanksgiving or Wednesday. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and we we we've been emphasizing thanksgiving for a while now but again the important part is being aware of this for your day-to-day i mean avoiding a disaster on thanksgiving is great but you know if, it, if it's not paired with a day-to-day awareness and a day to day-to-day improvements lifestyle changes right. you're not going to get very far
0: Exactly. And and what it does is just makes you feel not good about yourself. And that's, you know, obviously, that's what I see. And that's what people come to me for around that is, is that and being able to, you know, not just, you know, if you don't want to deal with the food issue, then start walking or, you know, you know, like I've said, go up and down the stairs five times. It's just about changing little tweaks here and there so that you start something. So you don't feel so bad about the next thing. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I have to get ready to wrap up the show. Two yeah. things. Two things. When we sign off, don't jump away from me, Lou. Um, okay. But also, because um, w- it's Thanksgiving and we're going to wrap up the three-part series today. And what are you grateful for? So I'm not going to be with you for dinner tomorrow. So what are you grateful for this year?
1: What am I grateful for this year?
0: Oh, I put you on the spot. I love it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the thing I would go to is I've got I've got a group of people around me. Uh, everybody's relatively healthy and things are good. My kids are doing great my daughter's getting married you know soon and uh my son's graduated that completion of that part of my life is the thing i'm most grateful for you know having transformed my kids kids into adult adults and looking forward to that next phase so yeah my kids i guess is what i'm most grateful for and my close circle the people who are closest around me
0: very nice very nice so that so that will be fabulous tomorrow so when it comes up at the table you'll have that yes Right, because that's always the question.
1: It's going to have to so, come up at the coffee table in front of the football games, because.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I and you're going to have your bourbon.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. What, what
0: are we as? What are we drinking tomorrow?
1: Uh, actually, I got bullet on the shelf right now. I know it's not impressive, and or or but it, it's just oh, good.
0: So really, that's what you're going to have. Oh,
1: Staple. I may, but yeah, maybe I'll get something on the way home. Have something special.
0: There you go. All right. Well, so I'll next wait week. Till
1: Sunday for the Patriots, I'll wait. Special for you, the
0: Patriots. You wait. You cut off. Do it one more time.
1: I said I'll wait till Sunday to get something special for the Patriots. So
0: oh, okay, I got till you
1: Sunday till Sunday. Yeah.
0: All right. So next week we will be starting into the lovely holiday crazier season than we are now, and we're going to be talking about lots of different things. We're moving on from the, you know, the Thanksgiving. <laughs> Feast um, and going into other things like traditions and how to create traditions for yourself and also how to have like good mental health and wellness coming into the new year and reminiscing and ruminating and making changes because that's the time of year that everyone starts saying I'm going to make New Year's resolutions and we know what that is. So we'll be talking about that as we come into the next 4 or 5 weeks and um and for everyone out there that's going to get up tomorrow and go run a 5k like <laughs> I am have yep. fun and do it even if you walk it I don't care just get out there and move drink your water pregame don't eat 10,000 calories no. watch your 20 watch your 20 minute mark right don't stuff everything in and then feel stuffed yeah and and just because I know that my lovely little friend upstairs Abby is listening the turkey will be moist, right, Lou?
1: Has that been a problem?
0: Yeah. Mo- oh, she well, doesn't well, like moist. That's I right. Like that word, and I yep. have to throw it in there just for her.
1: When it comes to Thanksgiving turkey, that's a good word.
0: I know. So yeah. anyway, she's dying up there because I know she wants to scream right now and she can't because she knows I'll kill her. <laughs> All right, so everyone have a great week and um, go to all your favorite podcast channels if you want to catch up on any of the three-part series before this one Um, on the 10th and the 17th of November. You can find them on all your favorite spots. And Lou, have a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Same to you. Thank
0: you.